0: this is the time of year, right, when we try to make an effort. We actually try to remember to be thankful uh, for all of the stuff that we have. We're content with the things that we own. Uh, And and that's exactly what it is. We just, we actually just, we try to remember, right? We think, okay, well, I'll I'll put in a little extra effort to try and be uh, a little thankful. And we think that it's just a switch that we should be able to flip on and off, right? Oh, November 1st, Halloween is over. Okay, now I'm going to put out all of my Hobby Lobby gear, you know, like the home sweet home, I thank Jesus for my family type of stuff with the, you know, the shabby chic weathered wood and all of your color, whatnot. Uh, We think it's just like a decor. Being thankful is just... um, uh, you know, 30 days until December first hits, and then it's you know it's all about buying stuff, because uh, that's that's how it is. But uh, throughout the year, we are so consumed with consuming. Okay. We're consumed with making sure we're able to pay our bills. Now, I'm not saying any things are bad to worry about. We should always worry about paying our bills, but we're so consumed with consuming. We think about paying our bills, providing for our children, um, seeing what's left over, and then we think, well, I've worked so hard. I've done all these things. I've been so responsible. I deserve something, and we're always thinking about the next thing. I mean, at least I know I am. Just ask Lauren. Hey, Lauren. How much, how much money do we, uh, we got any leftovers? You think I can maybe, like, have some of it? I, I mean, I just want to buy this one little thing. I mean, I know we didn't really plan for it. It's like, I don't know, $200, whatever. Uh, can I buy it? Uh, can, we, can we talk about it? No, right? Well, I'm always worried about, you know, like many people, well, how much extra do I have? Can I just go ahead and spend it on me? Because we're consumed with consuming. And so, I... Uh, a, I just want to take this moment and kind of just talk to you about my year so far, okay? And uh, you might, might think I'm, it's a little TMI, but that's all right. Uh, I'm not afraid of embarrassing myself. So uh, I have a job, and I work there every day. And I'm very thankful for my job because they pay me, all right? I like getting paid and be able to you know, live in my house and all this stuff. But the nature of my job has shifted greatly since I was first hired. And if you didn't know, I'm an engineer. When I was first hired, I was hired to be a product engineer. So I was in charge of things that people would use, that they would uh, uh, potentially could sell to other people. And kind of uh, over the past four years, it's shifted to more of a project engineer role, which means I'm more in charge of looking at the full scope of a thing and making sure all the stuff is right, Making making sure all the parts and the pieces are the correct ones, making sure that everything fits the way it's supposed to fit, make sure we don't uh, sell anything that could potentially break in the future. And if you know mechanical engineers at all, that's like the boring stuff. I wanna deal with the stuff that maybe could move around, that could be dangerous, that might break. I wanna mess with that so I could come up with a cool way to fix it, all right? Instead of making sure that the parts and pieces are correct. It's not nearly as fun and, and I keep you know, going over in my head, man, how much I feel like I'm not content with my job. And so with all of that, God continually reminds me about this church. And uh, I just want to say, I thank God for this church Much more now, maybe, than I ever have in the past, and I thank you guys for wanting to be a part. Uh, Because of this year for me, God has just reinforced in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit that ministry is where I am supposed to be. Yeah, I've got this other job, and it pays my bills, and I thank God for it every day, but because of you guys, because of this church, because of the community that we have, I just want to say thank you to you all, because you make this place an awesome place to be able to do ministry in. And we couldn't do anything that we do on a Sunday without you or without Christ. Uh, we would we would probably show up every single Sunday to this place or eventually in our new building. If none of you guys showed up, we'd probably still show up because that's all we know how to do on a Sunday morning is show up to church at eight o'clock, make sure everything's ready to go, have some practice, and then uh, have a message. Bob would he would be perfectly content with just preaching to the you know his 15 people and his family. I'm sure, but I just want to say thank you to all you guys for showing up here. Uh, you make uh, this whole ministry and church thing so much more exciting, um, and I really am. I'm just very thankful for you guys. And so, this message today, okay, uh, is as much for me as it is for you guys. And uh, I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that uh, Stephen Furtick. Uh, had this quote. He said some of his best messages that he's ever preached were ones that he's preached to himself. And so that's what I uh, tend to do in general, because for whatever reason, anytime I'm asked to speak, uh, I always end up receiving a message from God that includes a lot of self-reflection. I feel like most of the messages he gives to me to share with everybody else are meant for me first, right? I get, I get to preach to myself throughout the week when I'm writing the message, and then I get to pre- preach to myself again on Sunday morning uh, in front of you guys. So uh, this is as much for me as it is for you guys, and I think that uh, it's, a, it's pretty practical uh, stuff for us this time of year uh, during Thanksgiving and talking about thankfulness, okay? And so I guess if I had to give a title to this thing, which I really, I normally don't, If you look at my notes, the the title of the whole document is just called Thanksgiving. (laughs) Super creative, I know. Don't be jealous. But if I had to give it a title, I guess I would give it true thankfulness, okay? And point number one, so if you guys are writing stuff down or uh, you take notes in your your phone, point number one is this. True thankfulness comes when it's just as easy to walk away. True thankfulness comes when it's just as easy to walk away. So in Luke chapter 17 uh, is where we're going to start. Uh, First, verses 11 through 19. And this is a story about a a leper who is healed. And it says this, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. I think it's funny how they, they point that out, but that's impor- I think that's important. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So I think first, first off, uh, a lot of times I think people are too serious about uh, the Bible. And I mean that in a good way. They think Jesus was always this very solemn, astute, calm, together guy. Uh, but I think Jesus had uh, a bit of a character. And maybe because I am a bit of a character, and so I read some of that personality into Jesus. But when I read this, I, I read, didn't I heal 10 men? This very rhetorical, sarcastic question, right? For all of us who have kids in here, right? Your kids, you tell them to go take a bath, and they run upstairs, and you think, okay, you know, they're going to you know, turn the water on. They're going to get this thing started. And you don't hear anything for a while, but they're still upstairs, and you kind of hear some rumbling. You're like, man, that just really does not sound like a bath. That sounds like somebody's in the room playing with their toys. You go upstairs, and you're like, yeah, you okay? You took your clothes off, but no bath is happening. What's happening right now? You're in your room playing. with your, Didn't I ask you to take a bath? Right. That's not really a question of, oh, I forgot. Didn't did I ask you to take a bath or is somebody? No. It's like. Come on, my guy, you're supposed to be in the bath. And I think that's how it feels with Jesus. Didn't I heal 10 people? Well, obviously, Jesus knows he healed 10 people. I mean, he's the kind of the one who did it, but he's he's getting at this point of like, where's everybody else? I healed these guys of leprosy, right? This disease that is so terrible that they ostracized them out of a community. Didn't I heal 10 of these guys? And only one of them is here. And so when I read this, okay, if you guys, you know, Watch very many memes. Okay, I'm I'm preaching to a a very young audience right now, but there's this this thing on the internet. All right, when they have a meme and somebody says something, they put this boom sound effect in there. And if you know anything, it's divine boom. All right, and it's just boom. I imagine that boom sound after every sentence. Didn't I heal ten men? Boom. Where are the other nine? Boom. Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? Like only the Samaritan guy? Boom. Uh, Very funny to me. And uh, so that right there is your your very astute scholarly analysis of Luke chapter 17. Uh, I know I'm right up there with Billy Graham in terms of my insight into the Word. So go ahead, write that down. Jesse thinks the Bible is like memes. So, yeah. That's uh, how my brain works. I'm sorry. See, I told you. Blame it on Pastor Bob. So many times we struggle with sin, okay? We've got problems with people or we're just wrestling with life in general, we pray to God, right, just like we should, and we think, oh, God, have mercy on me, right? I'm struggling with how I feel at work, with how content I am with the things I'm doing, and I just think, God, please help me out. Please have mercy on me with my day-to-day, eight to five. Why can't I be just be one of them super rich guys I see online that just gets to fly in a jet all day and just somehow has millions of dollars? Why can't that be me? God, have mercy on me. And I don't know about you, but it seems like he always does always does answers our prayers but what do we do next 99% of the time we just move on right maybe i should say 90% of the time right nine out of the 10 lepers they they saw they were healed oh cool i can go back home i can go back to work i can get back into the city and and be a part of the community good i'm out of here and we just move on but we should be coming back to god like the one leper all right, the first thing we should do, return immediately to God. Just like in verses 15 and 16, as soon as that man, that Samaritan, realized that he was healed, he didn't go back to his family, if he had one. He didn't go back to his boss and say, look, I can start on Monday. He immediately ran back to Jesus, knelt down at his feet, and began to thank him. And so when we have these things in our life, we should be coming directly back to God. The second thing we gotta do, so we got to keep this this moment, okay, this miracle in our heart. Keep it there. We return to God, thank Him immediately, then keep the miracle in our heart. Then the third thing, we're going to return later to this point, okay? And what I mean by this is, is we're going to tell our kids. We're going to testify to our family. We're going to share these things with the people that we work with because this is ammunition for when the enemy inevitably returns. This is ammunition for when we come across another struggle or another point where we're praying, God, please have mercy on me, then we can return to that first part, that first thing, that first miracle that God did for us when he healed that leprosy. And that's what that man, I can guarantee you, in that that story is doing. He thanked God, and then when he returned home, he wouldn't stop talking about it. And anytime anything came up against him, he remembered, hey, I remember that time when I was totally ostracized. I was thrown out because I had leprosy, and Christ healed me. So true thankfulness comes when it's just as easy to walk away. The miracles already happened. The leprosy's already healed. I'm between, you know, how many, however far they were away from Christ, It's like it's going to take a lot of effort for me to turn around, go back to the edge of town, and then thank Christ for what he's done when I could just go home. And I know that I struggle with this a lot of times with, uh, with meals, okay? Uh, we go out to eat and somebody else pays for the meal. And you don't really, th- you know, in, in the moment you think, well, wow, that's really nice somebody paid for the meal. But then, you know, all the talking happens and, the, and the, the progress of the whole thing and you get up to leave and then you just, oh, I totally forgot to say thanks in that moment for somebody paying for my meal. I'm like mostly to my car when I remember this. And I just think, ah, it, it's going to be weird if I just turn around after we're all done and go back and say, thanks for buying my cheeseburger, I'll just go home, right? So true thankfulness is when it comes when it's just as easy to walk away. So point number two, if you're writing this down, true thankfulness comes when God answers a prayer differently than you expect, okay? Uh, and so this section is all going to be on uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm not going to read the whole thing because... I don't want you guys to fall asleep. But this story is about a guy named King Jehoshaphat. Jeho- I always thought it was pronounced Jehoshaphat. Then i really reading again. There's another H in there. It's Jehosh- Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. And uh, that's P-H-A-T. All right? Pretty holy and thankful. All right? That's a 90s, 2000s joke. Anybody remember P-H-E-T? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got some people are like, yeah, shaking their head. Yeah, I'm glad I left that in 1999. P-H-A-T, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, pretty holy and thankful. Uh, I'm going to call him King J, because obviously you can tell I can't say his name. King J in Jerusalem, all right, in 2 in Chronicles chapter 20, we're getting marched on by a bunch of armies, all right? The Moabites, the Ammonites, and a direct quote from the Bible, some Mayonites. I don't know why it's only some. I'm guessing, you know, half of them are like, yeah, we I don't really care about politics very much you want to fight these guys? I don't really care about it. I'm staying home. But then the other part, we're like, I'm on biblical Twitter and I'm mad. So I'm, yeah, I'm heading out. So some of the Mayanites, uh, all of the Ammonites and the Moabites, and uh, they're getting marched on, or King Jay was getting marched on. And obviously when you've got three armies coming to you for war, you are pretty concerned about this news. It's a pretty scary thing. uh, When you can just See the enemy coming at you when you can just see this wave of uh, really bad stuff about to happen coming at you, you get pretty scared. We get pretty nervous, and sometimes this happens in life where we just know that a tough part of our year is coming up, a tough part of life is coming up. Our kids are trying to get into college, and man, that's a tough part of life because college has got all kinds of stuff going on there. It cost them a bajillion dollars to go, and you don't get to be there anymore to make sure your kids are being good, right? So college is a stressful time, and you just see that. They're only 11 years old right now, but a few more years of school, they'll be going to college, and it's just slowly creeping up, and that news is terrifying. And this is exactly how King Jay thought. Like, this news was terrifying. And so what did he do? He immediately orders everyone to fast. He said, yeah, the enemy's coming? Cool. Everybody stop eating and start praying all right? And uh, he begins to pray, and his prayer ends with verse 12, okay? In verse 12, chapter, uh, sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 20 says, Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. So remember, they are powerless. They're powerless. And so in the midst of all this, a man named Jehaziel All right, if you're needing some ideas for your kids' names, we got Jehoshaphat and we got Jehaziel. Those are real bangers, Uh, good ones. They definitely won't get made fun of. So a guy named Jehaziel gives a message from the Lord to the king, and that's uh, verse 15. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So that right there, I think, is something that we can, not necessarily has anything to do with thankfulness, but something that we can grasp onto and and put in our lives, that the battle is not ours, it is God's. And so when we see these things come in our life, stressful things, maybe we're dealing with family members, and we're button heads, or we've got bitterness, or jealousy, or or some sort of addiction that's in our life, and we cannot seem to shake whatever is happening, we just have to remember that the battle is not ours, the battle is is God's. And so in that moment, King Jay instructs the Israelites to march out against the approaching army. Now you think, King Jehoshaphat said, hey, we are powerless. We are weak. We are inept. We don't know what we're doing. And yet the answer from God says, we'll go ahead and march against the army. Get out there on the front lines, stand up there, and look at them eye to eye. And King J tells God that they are weak, powerless, and God's instruction is for them to march. Seems like God is answering the prayer a little differently than King, King King Jehoshaphat would have wanted. It's like, "Hey, we're weak, we're powerless. Maybe you just like do that whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing and we get a bunch of meteorites or maybe you do the whole like Red Sea thing and they drown in some water. Like, can we just like please not be involved? We're not very strong, not very brave. But God says, no, I think you should march. And so King said, King Jay said, all right, we'll march. I don't know why. We're not very good at this stuff, but we'll march. And as they are marching, King Jehoshaphat appointed some people, probably not the most fearsome warriors. I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of fearsome warriors that I know that are really good at singing. So, and King Jay appointed some people to get out on the very front to sing and to praise in front of the rest of the army, sing and praise God, and what they said in the front lines was this: they said, "Give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love's love endures forever." They thanked God before the miracle. They were marching. they haven't seen the victory yet. Those armies are still there. Ready to fight, and these people are thanking God before the miracle even occurs. That is true thankfulness. And as they begin to sing and to praise God, the enemy armies immediately began to fight each other, killing everyone. All right. Second Chronicles, uh, chapter 20, verses 25 and 26, it says this King Jehoshaphat and his men went out together to gather the plunder, all right? everybody said They didn't have to do anything. They just started singing. They all started infighting, killed each other. And so they began to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days to collect it all. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. So they are thanking God before the miracle occurs. They're thanking God after the miracle happens. And the first thing here, we've got to go to God with our struggles. All right? We've got to go to God with our struggles. They saw the bad news approaching. They saw the problems that were in their life, and they immediately went to God. They didn't complain on Facebook. All right? They didn't say anything passive-aggressive to that guy at work that keeps bothering them, they immediately went to God. They began to fast, and the king began to pray. So the first thing we got to do is go to God with a struggle. Second thing is thank God before the miracle, like in verse 21, where they begin to sing praise and thank God. And then the third thing we got to do is thank God after the miracle. King Jay knew that they were weak, and he asked for a solution from God, And God told him to do the thing that he had just confessed to God that he was bad at. That that I don't know, but you. But for me, that is just something that is is hard to imagine. If if I tell God I'm really bad at sharing. My testimony with other people, I get all clammed up, I get tight, I get nervous, I feel like I'm never going to say the right thing. God, how do I deal with this problem? And he says, hey, will you see that guy over there? He really needs you to tell him your testimony. You're just like, God, I don't think, I don't think you heard me, my guy. I said I'm bad at that. I said I'm not very good at that. And he's like, ah, ah I got your back. Just, just do it. It's all right. Just do it. So he answers his prayer in a way that King Jehoshaphat was not expecting it to be answered. God told them to march. And so true thankfulness comes when God answers our prayer differently than we expect and he delivers because God always delivers. What's going on here? Here we go. Okay. So in closing, this is short today and I hope that's okay. In closing, okay, point number three. The last one is true thankfulness is always paired with faith. True thankfulness is always paired with faith. And right now we're going to look at Genesis chapter 22. And again, I'm not going to read the whole thing uh, because I'm not trying to to bore you guys with reading half the the Bible to you on a Sunday morning. But this is the story of Abraham and Isaac when Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son on an altar for God. Okay. And so we're going to start in uh, verse 7. And And it says, Isaac turned to Abraham, Isaac turned to his dad, and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. Now, I, I don't know about you, but this is a major faith moment. For Abraham this is the hardest conversation he has ever had to have in his life God has told me to sacrifice my son I'm making this three-day journey and my son's asking me dad where's the lamb for the burnt offering and I've got to look at my son and and I know in my mind you are but I'm believing God will provide a sheep for us And as Abraham lifts that knife to sacrifice his son, just as God had instructed, an angel of the Lord calls out and says, stop. Stop what you're doing. Don't lay a hand on the boy. I know that you truly fear God. And in that moment, Abraham sees a ram caught in the thicket. Just as he was about to take that knife down onto his son, God provided the sacrifice. God provided the ram. Isaac was their only son of Abraham and Sarah. And if you know that story, Sarah could never get pregnant, never get pregnant. God promised them a a child, never got pregnant until she was 90 years old. She gets pregnant with Isaac. Abraham was 100 years old. Imagine being as old as your great-great-grandma and having your first kid their only kid, and so you love that only kid that you struggled to birth your entire life so much more than you ever realized, and God asks you to sacrifice that son on an altar. So that took great faith, and Abraham in that moment when he saw that ram was thankful beyond words. I know I would be. I know I would be. Abraham had faith that God would provide a sacrifice for him, Because true thankfulness is always paired with great faith. Abraham had the faith that God would provide the sacrifice. Jehoshaphat had faith that God would deliver a victory for his weak army. And the leper's faith is what healed him. This time, we don't want to make or we shouldn't make thankfulness a switch. Don't let the opportunity to thank God be a fleeting one or a seasonal idea. Thankfulness needs to be continual. And if we look in James chapter 1 verse 17, it says whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Who created all the lights in the heavens, he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. We should be actively thanking God for his gifts, his blessings, and we should never cease my challenge to you is to do three things, three things. So if you're writing things down, here you go. If you're typing it in your phone, here you go. One, thank God before the miracle, just like Jehoshaphat. And for me, this is hard because I'm an engineer. I'm a, I'm a science man. I'm a math guy. I like to see what the problem is. And I like to see how I can develop a solution. If I see no way to develop a solution, I decide that I'm not looking at the right problem. And so, having to thank God for the miracle before the miracle has ever happened goes against my nature in a lot of ways. And so, this is something I got to work on. I got to thank God before the miracle, like Jehoshaphat. I got to remember something. So, sorry, number two. I'm telling you, I'm preaching this to myself. Number two, we got to remember something God has already done and return to him with thankfulness as the leper did. So for those miracles that God has already uh, done in our lives or the one that he's doing in this moment, we've got to return to God immediately and thank him for those things. We don't want to forget uh, uh, the fact that He brought us out of of whatever addiction we were in 10 years ago. and We think, man, that's just so long ago. It's not really a factor anymore. Trust me, that is still a factor. And we need, even though it's easy to walk away from that, it's easy to say, it was so long ago in my past. I don't have to worry about it anymore. That should not be the case. We should be returning to God and thanking him for the things that he's done, just as the leper did. And then we need, number three, need to have it in our heart to sacrifice and be active in our faith as Abraham was in his journey with his son. True thankfulness comes when it's easy to walk away, when God answers the prayer differently than we expect, and it is always paired with great faith. So if you guys just want to bow your heads, close your eyes, we're going to pray today. God, we thank you right now today, God. First and foremost, for your son, Jesus Christ. The fact that he died on the cross for us, though we are not worthy, he died for us so that we could have eternal life with you, God. I thank you right now today, God, for the opportunity to come together to hear from you today, God. And I pray that we take these things that were spoken today, God, about thankfulness, and we begin, God, not to just remember that, this is the time of year that we are thankful, God, but we place these things in our heart and we live every day thankful for you today, God. We remember back on the things that you've done for us in our lives, the blessings that you have given us, the, the uh, miracles that you've done for us and the problems and the places that you've brought us through today, God. We remember those things and we thank you for those things today, God. God, I pray right now that that we begin to assume an attitude of sacrifice and great faith today, God, so that we are able to thank you before the miracle even arrives today, God, because true thankfulness comes knowing that even if you haven't delivered yet, you will deliver, God. I thank you for each and every single person that is in this place today, God. I pray that you just meet them where they are. You see their needs in their hearts and in their lives today, God, and you just begin, God, to intervene with them today, God. I pray right now that you just continue to bless us, God, continue to bless this church. And everybody said, amen, amen. If